Welcome, friends and listeners. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be speaking to you today through this broadcast from the offices of Bible Tracks Incorporated. I'm so grateful for each of our faithful listeners and those that take time out of their schedule to be a part of us. I'd like to share with you, if I can, a short testimony that we received from some friends of ours, from some partners of ours that are kind enough to translate our literature, our gospel tracts, into other languages. They are actually currently in the country of Hungary, and they have translated our tracts and distribute our tracts in that native language. Here's what they say via a text I received not long ago. Thank you, Micah. It was an answer to our prayers and a true blessing when we first found the Bible Tracks, Inc. ministry. They became a part of our ministry and partnered with us while Mark Smith, my predecessor, was the director and so grateful for his leadership and vision during that time. We were in transition. The Lord changed our focus. And when we asked, what should we translate and how should we reach the lost in Europe? He, meaning God, brought your ministry in front of our eyes. These folks grew up in that culture. They know how they think. They continue on. We understand how they relate to God, religion in general, and spirituality. And the Lord gave us the task to simply and clearly tell them about his good news. Short, simple tracks that they can relate to that raise questions in them about things they've never thought. Questions are great tools to hopefully open their minds at least a little bit. And who knows? Maybe one of those tracks will actually bring them to their knees. Anyway, thank you so much, Micah, for your prayers and for continuing to allow us to use your tracks. It is a great encouragement for us that we can work together. I am so thankful for ministry partners like this that so faithfully carry out the Great Commission on our behalf in foreign nations to us, nations that I may never set foot in myself, these people work for the gospel's sake. I'm so excited about that. And now I'd like to turn our attention, speaking of prayers, speaking of encouragement, speaking of taking things to the holy throne of grace, let's look at this book, On Prayer, by E.M. Bounds. I'd like to read another short passage for you, if I may. Here's what Mr. Bounds says. The gospel, in its success and power, depends on our ability to pray. The dispensations of God depend on man's ability to pray, and yet, conscious as we are of the importance of prayer, of its vital importance, we let the hours pass away as a blank. A French writer of the late 1600s and early 1700s has said this, Of all the duties enjoined by Christianity, none is more essential and yet more neglected than prayer. Most people consider the exercise a fatiguing ceremony, which they are justified in abridging as much as possible. Even those whose profession or fears lead them to pray, pray with such languor and wanderings of mind that their prayers, far from drawing down blessings from on high, only increase their condemnation. Oh, please, my friend, and this is me talking, please, please, don't let a sad statement like that be made of you. I pray sincerely that you have power in your prayer life. As I've said before, nothing could be more valuable to our ministry than an army of people just like you 
that beseech God on our behalf? Do we need partners that will distribute our tracts on our behalf around the world? Absolutely. Do we need donors, financial partners that will give to make our ministry of providing gospel tracts for free possible? Oh, sure. But more importantly, above all, we need prayer warriors. If you'd like to know how to become a part of our prayer chain, our prayer band, the army of warriors that are willing to take time out of their schedule to lift us up in holy prayer, you can contact me, 309-316-7240. Text me directly, 309-316-7240. Now, I'd like to turn our attention to a gospel tract. I always, as the Lord leads, take the opportunity for at least a few moments of this radio program to draw your attention to a specific track that we produce. We have the opportunity to print, distribute, ship literally not just thousands, but millions of tracks every single year. I'd like to tell you about one right now if I can. The track that I hold in my hand is called Born Again. It's actually an abridgment, a Reader's Digest version of one of our longest tracks called The New Birth. Now, those of you that are familiar with our ministry may recall that The New Birth is the tract, the article, the pamphlet that started this ministry. Evangelist Paul Levine, the founder of BTI, started this ministry by God's grace by penning that article in a Christian periodical, The New Birth, and it was asked to be reproduced and reprinted so many times that BTI came out of that. And this tract, Born Again, is actually an abridgment of that, a slightly shortened version, if you'd be interested. It was done by our predecessor, Pastor Mark Smith, now a pastor in Pennsylvania, great man. I think this track could be a help to you. It very clearly lays out what it means to be born again. I'd love to share it with you completely free of charge. Visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org, or stick around to the conclusion of the program. The announcer will tell you all about how you can get in contact with us and order your very own free copy. Maybe you need 25, 50, 100 copies of this track, Born Again. We'd love to send them to you at no charge whatsoever. All right. Are you ready to continue in our discipleship study? You may recall over the last three days, we've talked about discipleship study number one from BTI on salvation. And today we launch into discipleship study number two. Now, remember, you can get these studies completely free of charge from us. You just have to ask. I promise we will not be stingy. For a ministry that was literally built on giving things away, we do it pretty well. We will love to give it to you for free. Discipleship study number two. Here's the topic. Here's the introduction. We are talking about baptism, an often misunderstood topic as it pertains to the spiritual idea of baptism. What is it? Who should get baptized? Does it wash my sins away? You know, there are two ordinances that Jesus left the church. Number one is the Lord's Supper. Number two is baptism. The devil has done his absolute dead level best to destroy both, trying to confuse and hurt the cause of Christ. 
let us notice, if you would, the following facts about baptism. Now, remember, I'm doing a cursory examination, a quick skim through this study. You can order it for yourself. We'd love to send it to you if you need a little bit more time on any of these concepts. It also has a review section on each of these uh, programs, each of these pieces of paper, these studies. And so we would love to send that to you. Number one fact about baptism, it is commanded. It's not a suggestion. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. If you've never been baptized before and you have some specific questions about what type of church you should be baptized in, where should you be baptized, who should do it, Contact me. Get in touch with us here, our staff. We'd love to answer that question for you. Let's continue on, though. Some other facts about baptism. Christ was our example. You see, Jesus never sinned and did not need to be saved, per se. He was, however, baptized by John the Baptist as our example. There's another indication that baptism has no regenerational working. It does not save you. Jesus did not need to be saved, and yet he was still baptized. Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17 says this, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, we could unpack so many different doctrinal parts uh, from this, whether it be the Trinity or different ideas like that. But let's focus on the baptism. Jesus Christ was baptized as an example for you and for me. Here's another question. In what manner are we to be baptized? How are we supposed to be baptized? You see, some religions pour or sprinkle or submerge. How is a Christian to be baptized? Let me explain it this way. The original word for baptize is baptizo, which means to bury or submerged. Every example we see of baptism in the Bible, the person was submerged all the way under the water. You see, it's a picture of Christ's death and resurrection. When someone dies and is buried, they don't just sprinkle a handful of dirt on the casket. They are totally buried. The same is true with baptism. Let's ask this question. Why should somebody get baptized? Let me answer it by saying this. The scripture is always very clear. Baptism is always after someone accepts salvation. If you do not know of what I speak when I mention salvation, go back and listen to the three previous examples, the three previous broadcasts from Bible Tracks, Inc. You can find them on our podcast. You can find them on our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube page. Get some grounding on salvation before we dive too deeply into baptism. Acts 2.41 says this, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Then, after salvation, the Bible says... Baptism is not something you need to do in addition to salvation. It is a completely separate event. It has no saving work in and of itself. Now, this 
discipleship study continues on and talks about the early church and some examples from 2,000 years ago of baptism. And then it talks about what baptism actually means. Romans 6, 4 and 5 says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And then it sums up with this. Is baptism part of salvation? As I've already mentioned, no, no, no. If you need more understanding of that, please, please order this discipleship study. We'd love to send it to you. Order discipleship study number two. We're going to conclude tomorrow with this topic. Who has the authority to baptize? And then we're going to jump into discipleship study number three. I'm very excited to share it with you. Thank you so much for being with us for this broadcast. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.